0: benefits and insurance are going through their own version of the same sort of rapid digitization and upheaval, which we're taking advantage of because we're, of course, positioned for the future of that industry, not the past of that industry, um, which is becoming more and more clear every day. Um, And then we're trying to build our own startup internally. So there's a lot of things flying by our face, and we are really enjoying the ride thus far.
1: excited today to have a very high energy guy on the podcast, uh Alex Frohmeyer. He is the co-founder and CEO at Beam Dental. Welcome, Alex.
0: Hey man, thanks for having me on.
1: A lot of people call you by fro. Any uh, any background to that? Any any story to share?
0: Is it because you used to have hair? And the answer is yes, I did, but even at its longest, not that much. So it's definitely not the haircut. Last name, Frohmeyer. So I've gone by Fro since I was a little kid.
1: Got it. All right, that's a good one. Yeah, I got a little more than you, but not much. Uh, tell us a little bit about Beam Dental, kind of where it fits into some of the innovation that's going on in insurtech and, and insurance in general. And you know what led to this?
0: Beam Dental is the first and the only digitally native dental insurance company. And these days we're even thinking well beyond dental. So more of a digital employee benefit benefits business in a broader context but we'll come back to that part because dental is what makes us special and different in the market and that's why we started the company in the first place Um, so what beam focuses on is three core elements to our value proposition easy smart and preventive the easy word is meant to conjure uh everything we do around our digital infrastructure and this is really making the user experience whether the user is the end member the clients that we work with, or even the brokers that we distribute with and partner with, making their lives easier along a variety of different contexts. SMART is all about our approach to underwriting. We can go into a lot of depth here, but we've blended some traditional actuarial concepts with some new data science and machine learning to cook up our own actuarial models that we use to better predict risk and then therefore better manage risk. Third is preventive. This is probably the most visible part of our business, our dental wellness program. We give any of our members on a voluntary basis access to the Beam brush, which is a connected electric toothbrush that rewards you for using it. So we, similar to device programs administered in the health insurance context, or even now life insurance, where um, getting your steps in every day or doing other healthful things get you a reward on the other end. Beam does that exact same thing um, so getting gift cards, for example, from popular retails just from brushing your teeth every day.
1: I'd also be curious to know a little bit about maybe how dental might be different from medical in general, or you know, has that contributed to your ability to grow at all so quickly?
0: Yeah, no, all good. I think uh, the origin story is actually really fun because we don't come from the industry. We've been total outsiders uh, in a historical context. My co-founders and I are all engineers by training. We have a lot of family members in dentistry, though, including my sister, who's a dentist, one of the other co-founders, his mom's a dental hygienist. So we had some reasons early on to just look inside the dental industry for ideas. We wanted to be entrepreneurs. We had actually already started a separate like, services business based around engineering services. And so we were already interested in looking for unique product ideas or things that we could build a more sustainable product-based business around. And the answer uh, revealed itself inside dental insurance. We became really fascinated by... Um, the fact that 100 million Americans don't have dental insurance.
1: So so was there a another gamification sort of model out there that you saw that you thought, oh, this is cool, we'd like to do something like that or did you just build that from scratch?
0: It, it is a great question. And I, I am so obsessed with gamification, but I'm not like a video game guy at all, actually. Yeah. So this didn't come from like playing Mario Kart or something for 4,000 <laughs> hours and then becoming super inspired. Gamification is more nuanced and playing humans love to play games and I'm I'm uh, just like any other human I love something that's got a little, a little twist in it there's a little there's a little choice right you know choose your own adventure I love companies that have elegantly built elements like that into their business models. So inside um, insurance, I see tons of opportunity for these little gaming elements like brushing your teeth and getting rewards.
1: Did you have any sort of reference point to work from? Did you find it challenging to sort of convince people that you could use this data in a way that helped you, you know, be able to, say, offer better pricing and also... You know, do a better job underwriting overall. Um, what What was that like? and maybe particularly as outsiders?
0: So one of our very first employees at Beam is this phenomenal actuary who really built a large part of that piece of the vision of the business. And the puts and takes of it were that we knew there was validity to these models because there are lots of dental uh, insurers out there that are profitably underwriting business every day. So we knew it worked. But we also suspected that there was an edge somewhere. And we found it by looking into machine learning because when you think about the essence of an actuarial model, it has a lot of familiar elements to what makes a potential machine learning opportunity viable. Lots of data, relatively unstructured, and you may not know where all the edges of that data live to be able to optimize returns on whatever it is that you're trying to learn or predict. In this case, the risk of uh, dental claims.
1: Are there certain certain ways you prioritize that development calendar because you have a sense of where you can get 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 data, or do you take a different approach by saying, "Well, maybe if we can gather data in a new or different way, then that's going to continue to give us sort of an an edge that we can can leverage and stay ahead of the market?
0: It's a great question. when When we think, so beam is the way I describe us internally often is we're a tech company that just happens to do, dental insurance, and employee benefits. And so really the a, a large portion of our team is focused on building out technology. And that's both at the code level, a scalable platform that keeps all the great parts about our user experience growing and developing, but also product managers that are out in the market learning and looking for opportunities. And often those opportunities start in the context of an experiment or a pilot or a test of some flavor.
1: In terms of feeding that that information back into your product roadmap, do you have different different people from Beam talking to each group, or do you sort of try to have a, a core group who's talking to all those different stakeholders so that they can process all that, that information and, and, and decide where to go?
0: I love this question. You should have just asked the original, uh, and I'll answer it anyway. I think yeah. it is one of the hardest questions in this business is – well who goes first do you yeah. uh, with given a, a you know finite amount of resources do you uh, invest in your broker relationships, your client relationships or the member relationship and we have to- we have debated and tossed and turned because they all matter and we've we've like turned around on this one like 35 times And so what we do at beam is we organize ourselves according to that customer journey because for example, we know, when a claim comes up, somebody goes to the dentist, generates a claim. We know that if we don't do a good job in that moment for the member, who's the one that uh, is at the, the party of of uh, relevance for a claim, yeah. we're gonna be creating a reimbursement, sending it to the dentist, coordinating with the provider and the member. If we don't do a good job there, what are they gonna do? They're gonna go to HR and they're gonna go, man, why did we hire these beam guys to do our dental insurance? They totally screwed up my claim. And then HR is going to go to the broker and say, hey, wh- why would you bring this beam? What's what's going on here? There's all kinds of problems. And we know that.
1: Has your approach to acquiring talent and and, 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 and sort of talent planning, has it evolved at all since the beginning? Um, or are there certain core principles that you have have had in your approach to scaling the organization that have helped contribute to that success?
0: We think about this and talk about this subject a lot, which is um, how to build phenomenal world-class teams and frankly attract people to want to work in an industry that they probably never thought that much about. Ultimately people might come to the business for a variety of reasons, but they stay because of the wonderful people around them and the uh, ch- the challenging work that they get to do, the problems that they get to solve.
1: So as the CEO and, and one of the founders of the business, is there a particular way that y- you know you try to embody that every day or, or model that for the rest of the organization as the, as, as the person at the top?
0: Uh, even today, on a Monday, when we're recording this, every Monday I'm in front of our whole team um, at noon, doing an interview with one of our leaders uh, at Beam so the whole company can learn from what's going on in the business. Uh, I'm visible, I'm engaged, I'm introducing the team to usually a new concept or a new thing that we're working on or a new project that we just wrapped up that I'm excited to share with the team. Caring and it being obvious that you care and that you're engaged and that you're really excited about what the company does and why it does what it does is like at least half the battle. The other half of the battle is trying to get better and better and better as a leader at both advancing the things that we care about, which might be a strategic initiative or um, fixing a problem for a customer or getting better at a team that might be going through some struggles.
1: As one of the organizations that has been able to scale, has been able to raise that type of capital to look forward to that you know future state that that you're talking about. How has your role evolved and how do you think, you know, you'll need to continue to evolve in order to keep, uh, I guess, being in the pilot seat of that plane as you're trying to fly it higher and higher?
0: Well, I'll try to carry the analogy forward, which is when it was just my co-founders and I, I was one of the three builders of the plane. So even though I was technically the pilot early on, there wasn't much to fly. We might've had, Um, You know, the pilot's seat and not much else. So (laughs) flying was pretty easy because you didn't even have all the buttons and the gears and like not everything was there. So I was a builder. I was helping put pieces of the plane on. The hardest part about transitioning from the classic founder archetype to the CEO archetype, both are in my title still today, but really I've gone from making the transition from one to the other, truly. What makes that so hard is that you have to at some point elegantly try to switch yourself from a builder of the plane to then the true pilot.
1: Anything I might have missed that you would like to 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 share or think would be important for the audience?
0: A piece of the message is stay tuned because there's more. And then a piece of the message is we want to learn more about what we should be doing and building and thinking about that we might already not be thinking about in the market because we want to keep our eyes and ears open to you know, skating where the puck is going. What what benefits products should we be adding to our menu of benefits? What type of experiences should we be building that are gonna most delight our customers and our broker partners?
1: Alex Froh- Frohmeyer, co-founder and CEO at Beam Dental. Thanks so much for joining.
0: Thanks a lot, this was fun.